0: Welcome to Jane Wanders, where we discuss all things travel. Let's explore the world together. Hi and welcome back to my podcast. If you're new here, my name is Jane and I wonder the world. In today's podcast, I will be discussing Egypt. I was lucky enough to travel in December 2017. Egypt was never on my bucket list. To be honest, it was never even on my list. I had heard nothing but terrible things and my fear of exploring this country always overtook any desire I had to go. This changed when I was presented with an opportunity to do a group tour and I decided to push my fear aside. Exactly one week before I was due to depart, there was a terrorist attack. The attack killed 311 people and injured 122, making it the deadliest attack in Egyptian history. It was very difficult for me to have any excitement in going because I was terrified. On my way to Cairo, I spent four nights in Abu Dhabi. I had been before, but there was a few things I wanted to do that I didn't get the chance to. I was actually in Dubai when I had a huge panic attack in the Dubai mall. I rang my husband and told him to change my flights. I'm coming home. I'm not going to Egypt. He talked me off the ledge and I got on that plane to Cairo. I did endless hours of research before I took off on my adventure. I spent countless hours searching the internet and yet nothing prepared me for when I actually arrived in destination. It was like nowhere I had been before. The purpose of this podcast is not to talk about why the pyramids are hands down one of the most amazing sights I have ever seen, or to tell you why you really should cruise down the Nile in a felucca, or why Abu Simbel blew my mind. Learning about the ancient Egyptians, how they lived, their beliefs, inventions, and actually seeing their creations is something that will stay with me forever. Simply put, Egypt is a place that should be experienced by everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to answer all the questions I get as a travel agent. So let's get down to business. As an agent, the first thing everybody asks me every single time is, is it safe? It is safe. However, in the interest of complete transparency, I did feel uncomfortable while I was there. I always recommend that you visit the Australian Smart Traveller site for travel warnings or the equivalent of your own government site. At the time of writing this episode, Egypt was listed with a level three travel warning for Australians, which is reconsider your need to travel. We won't discuss the latest travel warnings because for the first time in Australian history, Every single country is at level four. Do not travel thanks to COVID-19. Because of all the negative attention Egypt has received, tourism has fallen drastically, which is great for us travelers, but not so great for the locals who depend on the tourists to make a living. While Egypt is safe, as a female, you will feel a little bit uncomfortable. This feeling will come mainly in open public places, such as walking down the street and in the sooks. It is in these places you will find men loitering, either by themselves or with a couple of other men. I can only describe this as people watching, as most of the time they are sitting on plastic chairs, watching the world go by and watching us. If you're a female, you will receive lots of looks. In my experience, they were harmless. If anything, they just made me feel really self-conscious. Sometimes these men will try and start talking with you or try to guess where you're from. And they are very good at getting this right, by the way. It's at this point you should do what a local Egyptian man told me, and that is to ignore them. Don't even look at them. This will be enough to discourage them. It might seem like you're being rude, but ultimately it will protect you. I was told that the seemingly harmless conversations that start with something like guessing where you're from will eventually lead into being invited into their home, shop or restaurant where they will offer you tea, a traditional welcoming custom. And then after some more small talk, they will present you with something and insist you buy it. If you decline, they will get angry. I wanna take a few minutes to talk about the security in Egypt, what it's actually like and how it made me feel. When I arrived in Cairo, I met my driver and we went to my hotel. On arrival to the hotel, there are dogs that check the car and a security guard who checks for explosives before you actually check into the hotel. You have to clear security, which is basically like you're going through an airport, your luggage is scanned and so are you. There are tourist police everywhere, often alongside military at all major attractions. They are all heavily armed with machine guns, which as a tourist, it can be very shocking to see this. It didn't make me feel safer. In actual fact, it made me feel really nervous. While on tour, we had two overnight trains. It's interesting as usually the first three carriages are for Egyptians only, and the last two carriages are for tourists. So you will not have any Egyptians apart from the staff on your carriage. Your carriages are guarded at both ends with security who are also heavily armed. The biggest concern on my trip was when we went to Abu Simbel. Travelling to Abu Simbel is done as part of a police convoy, whether on a bus, van or car. This is a requirement for all tourists due to security concerns. Two convoys depart daily at 4am and 11am and return at 9am and 4pm. The trip itself is very uneventful. The convoy was far less exciting than I expected. Heavily guarded police shoot off at a high speed to sweep the road and probably get to Abu Simbel a good half an hour before everyone else. Apparently in 2018, this is no longer the case. You will still drive through police checkpoints, but you will not travel in a convoy. Okay, so I just painted a pretty terrible picture, but it's important to be aware of these things before you arrive, as it's quite shocking to see. And it's important to me to be transparent with my clients I want them to know exactly what to expect when they arrive. What is the safest way to travel around Egypt? This is probably my top tip, it's not earth-shattering but it made all the difference to me and it was the only way I could see myself traveling around Egypt. Go on an organized group tour. To simplify and avoid overthinking everything, I knew that I had to travel like this. That way I would have a local guide with me, I wouldn't have to worry about transportation and other logistics, and I could just concentrate on having a good time. Using on-the-go tours to go to Egypt was a no-brainer for two reasons. I'd already travelled with them before in Vietnam and really rated my experience with them. The accommodation, transportation, guide and organisation was all spot on. Plus I met some wonderful people that I'm still friends with today. The second reason was that they are a reputable company, well-known and have a great customer feedback. Our guide Momo won Tour Guide of the Year and was basically a bodyguard who protected us from negative experiences and scared off a few scammers. This made all the difference. Knowing some Arabic ahead of travelling, such a game changer or anywhere where English is not the first language. When you can show that you speak a little bit of the Arabic language and can recognize certain key words, this will give you an extra layer of protection, especially when it comes to dealing with money. Not only will you feel more in control, but locals will appreciate and respect your efforts to learn their language. Jump over to my website, www.janewonders.com.au for a list of Arabic words and phrases you should learn and use. The best time to go to Egypt. Between June and August, the temperature is unbearable. While you may have the luxury of quiet tourist attractions and more hotel options, to be honest, in that heat, you won't want to do anything but relax in a pool somewhere. The best time to visit Egypt is in spring. The weather is pleasant and the major attractions, such as the pyramids of Giza, Aswan and Luxor, are still fairly quiet. You'll also benefit from cheaper hotel prices, especially if traveling either side of the high season, which is December to February. A lot of people advise to avoid traveling during Ramadan. However, I have personally traveled to Morocco during Ramadan and it was an amazing experience. If you want to hear all about it, keep your ears peeled for my Morocco episode. Cairo Airport Cairo Airport is unlike any airport you've experienced. Upon arrival, everything seems pretty standard until after you go through passport control. Once you pick up your luggage and head to the exit, there will probably be a massive long queue that wraps around the luggage collection hall. Guarding the exit is one or two men who will look you up and down and decide if they want to check your luggage. Since we were with an on-the-go escort who came to help us get a visa and take us to the hotel, he was on familiar terms with the airport staff and was able to get us through quickly. Once we got to the other side, our escort dis- our escort disappeared briefly to hand back a permit he was given in order to come and meet us inside. This is just another reason why travelling with an organised tour is great. If at the end of your trip you leave via Cairo Airport, Be prepared for three separate security checks. One as soon as you enter the airport, one at customs and another at the gate. Can I drink the water? The tap water in Egypt is heavily chlorinated and tastes terrible. It's okay for brushing your teeth with, but don't drink it. Especially if you have a sensitive stomach. Buy bottled water, it's easy to get and it only costs five Egyptian pounds, which is about 50 cents for a one litre bottle. Heat and hydration. Egypt gets hot. Obviously, you're in the desert. Dehydration, sunburn and heat exhaustion are common, especially in Upper Egypt. As your sweat evaporates, you may not realize how dehydrated you are. If you're traveling outside of winter, then I highly recommend wearing loose-fitting clothes. Keep up your fluids by carrying a water bottle and add a bit of extra salt to your food to replace salts lost in sweat. Pack electrolyte tablets to take just in case you feel unwell. They are a godsend. If you need further medical assistance, Egyptian pharmacists generally speak English and can be trusted to provide sound advice and help you find a doctor if needed. Vaccinations. Officially, visitors to Egypt do not require any vaccinations unless you're coming from an infected area. However, there are some vaccinations you should get or have topped up as a precaution. Check with your local GP on what they recommend. Beyond ensuring your tetanus and polio is up to date, other common recommendations include getting vaccinations against typhoid, hepatitis A and B, and rabies. Rabies is a problem throughout Egypt, so avoid touching stray animals such as dogs, cats, monkeys, and bats. Currency. The unit of currency used in Egypt is the Egyptian pound. You can exchange money at the big hotel chains if you need to or at the airport. You will get a better exchange rate in Egypt than at home. Tipping. Another word to add to your vocabulary is bakshish which means tip. You'll hear this one a lot and it will be expected for anything and everything. Tipping locals for their services is is expected and a way of life in Egypt. Many Egyptians are paid such low salaries that receiving tips is an important part of their income. In restaurants, it's normal to round up the bill or give 10% directly to the waiter. Smaller tips, example one Egyptian pound, are given to laboratory attendants and porters. Haggling and bargaining. One of the best things to do in Egypt is to visit a silk market. When browsing comes to buying and you ask Bekamda how much is it, be prepared to bargain hard or walk away. As a general rule, offer one third of the asking price and expect to pay half. Nothing is free. Want to take a photo of a camel in the pyramids? If the owner catches you look, he will probably demand to be paid. I learned this lesson the hard way. I was at least 20 metres away when I was spotted taking a photo of a camel resting. It's up to you if you choose to offer the owner something. A similar incident happened when I was at the Philae Temple. Three men were ta- talking amongst themselves and with the temple behind them, I thought it would make a great shot. With at least 50 metres between us, I took the shot. They spotted me and came over and offered to have a group photo. By this point, I knew the drill and was happy to give them a little back belongings. It goes without saying that you should always keep your valuables with you. Decide on whether or not you feel comfortable leaving your passport, laptop, or iPad in the hotel room safe, or if you're better off keeping it on you. If you go on a tour, don't leave anything valuable on the bus, even if the driver is around. They can't be responsible if something happens. Make sure you get travel insurance so that anything, if anything does go wrong, you're covered. What to wear. Clothing. Egypt is dusty sandy and dirty your clothes will dirty easily and you'll be washing your hair most nights be prepared to rinse out your clothes each night or pack extra items to wear so what should you wear as a general rule wear loose fitting clothes that are made of breathable material ladies it's a little bit more complicated for us while Egypt is one of the most liberal Islamic countries it has become more conservative in recent years with many women wearing a hijab or headscarf. Female tourists aren't obligated to wear these, but you may feel more at ease doing so, especially in mosques. As a general rule, avoid showing your chest, shoulders or legs below the knee. Footwear. However hot and tempting it may be to wear thongs with all the dirt, sand and grime present, I recommend wearing closed-toe shoes. You're going to be doing a lot of walking in some pretty unclean areas, and the last thing you want is having dirty feet all day. Visas. You need a visa. For Aussies and a few other countries, you can either apply in advance for an Egypt e-visa or queue at the border for a visa on arrival. For most travelers, the visa will cost roughly US $25, single entry valid for 30 days, or 35 US dollars for a multi-entry. Since I travelled with on-the-go tours, they organised my visa once I arrived. All I had to do was bring American dollars to pay for it. Only American dollars or Egyptian pounds are accepted. In addition to your visa, ensure that your passport is valid six months beyond your planned date of entry. Photography. Want to take a camera with you? Be prepared to pay for it. Whether you want to take photos or film video, every monument, temple, tomb and museum you will visit will charge a small fee just to take it inside. Expect to pay anything from 50 to 100 Egyptian pounds, which is five to 10 Australian dollars. Once inside, flash photography is generally forbidden and should be strictly followed. Camel rides. Going on a camel ride and taking a photo with the pyramids behind you is one of the most desired tourist souvenirs from a trip to Egypt. If you know that going on a camel ride around the pyramids is something you definitely wanna do, you may, and I hope, reconsider once you arrive and see how malnourished and badly treated the camels and horses for that matter are. Egypt is a third world country and many citizens are living in a state of desperation. As such, the men who run these camel rides prioritise feeding their families over feeding their camels. While they may have their priorities right, I can't bring myself to support them. This has only become worse since tourism has declined. If you do choose to take a camel ride, make sure you're not hassled into paying more than the fair price. In order to crack down on scamming tourists, signs have now been put up showing set prices for camel rides, which is 50 Egyptian pounds for 30 minutes. Toilets. The public toilets in Egypt are not the best and that is putting it lightly. A trip to the loo will set you back one or two Egyptian pounds and give you access to either a squat or a Western toilet. They generally don't have toilet paper, are dirty and the tap water may not be running. Bring your own toilet paper, hand sanitizer and wipe down the seat if you must sit. There will usually be a hose next to the toilet but the water will only be turned on if you pay a backsheesh. Toilets in restaurants and hotels are usually staffed by attendants who will give you toilet paper and turn on the tap for you. Giving a bakshish is standard. So school children, you might feel famous when traveling around Egypt. At least that's how the students in large school groups will make you think. On countless occasions at the Egyptian Museum in Cairo, the pyramids, young kids would run up to us asking for selfies or yell out and wave as our group walked past. They were so excited and interested in us. When I asked Momo why, he said that we are sort of celebrities to them. They watch people like us on TV who have very different lives from their own. So they get really excited when they see us in their country. It's actually very sweet. However, if you say yes to one, they'll all come running. So it's best to politely decline from the start. Mosques and religious sites. So dressing modestly is a must when visiting mosques. Some places may ask women to cover their hair and will provide you with a headscarf. Before entering, you'll be required to remove your shoes and leave them with a shoe custodian. Make sure you give him a backsheesh. If you want to climb the tower, carry your shoes with the soles pressed together. It's best to avoid visiting mosques during prayer times as not to intrude on the worshippers. Smoking Everywhere you go, everyone will be smoking. Whether it's a cigarette or a shisha water pipe, if you're a non-smoker, it can get really annoying. Smokers are allowed to light up pretty much anywhere. The only exception is in fast food restaurants. Restaurants have non-smoking tables, but these are almost pointless since they are surrounded by smoking tables. Fridays and Saturdays. As in most Arab countries, their weekend falls on a Friday and a Saturday. This means tourist attractions are much more busy on these days than the rest of the week. I strongly recommend not visiting the Pyramids, Cairo Tower or the Egyptian Museum in Cairo on either of these days. The queues will be torture. So I hope this has helped you feel a little bit more prepared for your trip to Egypt. Remember, every country has its quirks. If things were the same as home, you wouldn't be visiting. I would go back to Egypt in a heartbeat. Everything I saw blew me away. It's such an incredible country with a wonderful history. The locals are welcoming and it's very cheap to travel to. If you still have any questions, please reach out on my Instagram at Jane Wonders and leave a comment. I'd be happy to help where I can. If not, then I wish you a wonderful trip. Shukran for listening. You've been listening to Jane Wanders. For more, follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our podcast.